Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. That was the sound of the BBC's World Cup theme music for 2014. Brazil! Brazil! Goal! Goal, 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 goal! Brazil! They're absolutely fucking mad, the Brazilians, aren't they? Yeah. There was a, there's a, examples of the, how they're mad? There's a Brazilian mum at my school. Is she mad? Uh, she is fucking nuts. I was Bonkers. talking to her just this morning. She came over to tell me something some about research. her son having a having a birthday party that my son's invited to. And she was just like, it, everything she says sounds like she's celebrating a goal in the World Cup <laughs> final. And I'm like, you know, it's like 20% of it made sense. I'm pretty sure the party's a week on Saturday. Beyond that... Fuck knows what's going on. Municipal like, pool, inflatables. Yeah, yeah and she look, and because it's summer as well, she's got like she's dressed like she's down on Copacabana Beach. It's oh, yeah, quite I... distracting, <clears throat> to be honest. Yeah. And uh, anyway, that's just one example I could give you more of why the Brazilians are a mad race. Drop them in as the podcast goes will, on if yeah. you want. So that was the BBC. That was Stevie Wonder. Uh, I don't know if they'd enlisted him especially or they just nicked some of his music. I think there was the. As another star, but because it's got something of a, what would you call it, a, a calypso vibe to it? Yeah. Is that what you call it? Uh, can do. Or um, can do. samba? Samba, like that, yeah. Yeah. Bossa Nova. Yeah, any of those. Any all of that the, stuff. Did you ever have a keyboard, like a Yamaha Porter sound or something? On it, yeah, yeah, basically all, there, there was Bossa there was samba. all of those. Bossa I think they were all made, I think Yamaha's a Brazilian company, right? They, it, it must be. Because all of the presets were all types of what I perceive to be Brazilian music. You would think there'd be some kind of motorbike-related preset as well, wouldn't you, that been Yamaha? Yeah. But yeah, yeah. there wasn't. No. Uh, 2014 World Cup was in Brazil. Now, I enjoyed this one immensely. My favourite before this was probably 1982, which is mm. the first one I ever saw. And that first World Cup always lingers with you forever, doesn't it? It's it does, got a special yeah. memory about it. 2014 blew it out of the water for me because of the group stages. Um, it was just a... A fucking goal machine, basically. I've forgotten everything about this World Cup. I mean, this is the most recent. 
mm-hmm. and yet I comfortably remember more details of 86, 1990, any World Cup than I do 2014. Well, well, we'll we'll just, you know, fill in those blanks as we go along. I mean, you're saying, minutes or so. you're saying it was really good. Remember the group stage? I don't remember the group stage at all. I remember watching England lose twice. Yeah. And then I didn't really watch our third game, but that was it. That was the dullest bit. You've missed a treat. Mm. We saw the introduction of goal line technology for the first time. Good. The Frank Lampard rule after yeah. you know after that that goal that wasn't in 2010, and we also saw. Do you remember the vanishing free kick spray? Yeah. Remember fantastic. the first time we saw that? Yeah, it's mind blowing. It was like tomorrow's world, but today. Just watching it. I mean, you'd, you'd see the free kick taken, but then you just you, your eyes would be focused on the spray vanishing, wouldn't you? Yeah, you wouldn't. So, sometimes if they took a quick free kick and it went in, you'd miss so much, <clears throat> so many free kicks because you it was far more mesmerizing. It was mesmerizing is the word. Yeah, yeah. but um, we're not asked about it now, are we? Now and it's just par for the course. You just get used to it. I mean, also- I, I still don't notice a ref carrying around the can of spray paint. I'd, I'd, yeah, I don't know where it comes from. Is it in his he, sock he just, now? He just produces it from like magic. It used to like, be massive, from, didn't from it? From behind a player's ear, like, like he was yeah. a magician. It used to be massive, like on the side of the hip, like it was yeah, like an old it was mobile like phone. Batman's utility belt. Mm. You had to have all sorts of shit. Mm. Not anymore. Don't know where they did. Maybe they just come. The refs at the end are going to have to end up like Batman or RoboCop, aren't they? Because if you think about it, they they've got like earpiece, mm-hmm. the cards, the spray, the whistle, mm-hmm. too much shit. Uh, they're going to have to start carrying it around in some sort of bodysuit, and you know who knows. Before long, they might even have a um, little screen so they can refer to VAR without having to run over to the end, uh, edge of the pitch. You know what they need? You know them Segway things that people used to roll around so on they the, just the go, two wheels, so they go around. Not on used one to, of them. mate. They still do. Do they? Oh yeah. I thought they'd ended because the bloke that bought the franchise for them in Britain. Uh, rolled one off the end of a cliff. Yeah, by he rolled stick. off the edge of a cliff, silly bastard. That's is that like the Marlborough man dying of cigarette cancer? <laughs> cancer of the cigarette. Cancer of the cigarette. Um, yeah. uh, ironic deaths. And the other ironic death, but I don't know if it's true, <laughs> is who's the bloke? Did like legend playground legend had it that the bastard who sang. Well, I say bastard, nice bloke, saying "Don't worry, be happy." Topped himself. <laughs> Bobby McFerrin. Did Bobby McFerrin top himself? <laughs> I'm not sure. Perhaps All he right, did. We're going to have to go to Google on that one. Mm. But yeah, the refs should be um, flying around, zooming around on them Segway things with a little screen in the in the front. Yeah. So they can watch the VAR. Yeah. And and, and maybe carry all their stuff around on it as well. And then yeah. golf buggies, something like that. Yeah. How are you mean, doing with Bobby McFerrin? I'm still going. While you're doing that, I'll just I'll mention that there was um, a lot of dissent in Brazil from the mad Brazilians about this World Cup. They were really angry that so much of the public money had been spent on the World Cup while the country was enduring terrible levels of poverty. Um, thousands of people's homes were cleared in Rio for stadium construction. Yeah. There was an entire favela near the Maracanã that was destroyed. Wiped out. It had previously housed 700 families. It's the kind of thing that would drive Bobby McFerrin to near distraction. Yeah. If, in fact, he's still alive. I can't. There's a... There's a Bobby McFerrin Jesus, who is an American jazz vocalist and conductor, but it can't be him, surely. Yeah, it is him. Suicide rumour. Bobby McFerrin. He's still alive. He's still alive, a lot of bollocks. You can't commit suicide but still alive, still be alive. Maybe he attempted no. it and failed. No. And then wrote the song off the back of that. No, no. None no, of it's no, true. Not, he, didn't, he, well, is, he is genuinely a very happy man. Well, I'm glad. 
I mean, I didn't want it. As much as we all like to hear about ironic deaths, but I don't wish death upon anyone. In, well, ni- in, in 1942, the man who wrote the music for Pack Up Your Troubles in Your Old Kit Bag mm. and Smile, Smile, yeah. Smile, yeah. shot himself in the heart with a rifle. Fuck me. Um, Sergeant Felix Powell. So um, he didn't fucking go. pack up his troubles anywhere, did he? He let them all run free. He he, he boxed them all in, didn't he? You've got yep. to talk about stuff. Yeah, exactly. Don't bottle it all up, guys. Talk about stuff, fellas. Yeah. Yeah. Talk and about and ladies. Yeah. But guys in particular. Have you got any ladies listening to this? Oh, uh, my. No, nah, I don't know any who are. Probably not. Um, talk to us. We're on Twitter at TF Time Machine. Share your feelings. Yeah, but not too much. Don't go too deeply into it. Um. So there was the protests. Do you remember early on in the tournament where the ITV studio was kind of uh, in a they were in a glass box hanging over the Copacabana beach, and some protests kicked off in the street. <laughs> no, don't remember that them. either. And some protesters catapulted stones up at the at the glass box of mm. of pundits, and it uh, put a bit of a hole in the window. You don't remember that? No. True story. Fucking hell, what was I up to during this? I do remember I was moving house. And so there was a situation where we had to move into our old house, which was unfurnished in a, for an interim period. Right. And I had, and all our stuff was in storage. And I had to order a last minute telly off of Amazon. Right. And it didn't turn up on time. And I, a month later I started at the end of the one of those, for, for England versus Italy, I started one of those campaigns you do on Twitter. You know, to get you, someone to bring a telly around for you. you. No, yeah, we, no, not that. It was a consumerist campaign against Amazon for ruining Fucking my world. Good account. luck with that. Yeah. Amazon don't care. No, they couldn't give a shit. So that was a shame. Uh, yeah. So that's probably why I don't remember much of it. Plus, I think I was still with the drink at the time. It right. might have been a bad period for okay. that because World Cups obviously go drink, hand in hand drink with heavy drinking. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, 2014, like I said, for me, it was a great tournament. 171 goals in 2014. Which was an increase from 145 in 2010, and it was the most goals we'd had in a tournament since 1998, which is po- another reason why I enjoyed it so much because I'm I'm just a I'm just a, a, a slut for goals basically. Yeah. Well, what more is there to football? Yeah. I mean, it's all about the goals. I mean, that that's something that we've talked about a lot on this podcast, and we'll continue to do. Is that yeah. we feel that there is a generation of people coming through, yeah, who think that goals are in some way vulgar and crass, yes, yes. and just a representation of failure of something more defensive beautiful. failure. Yeah, defensive failure. It's like an Italian point of view in many ways. Yeah, and it's like that's not what football is. Football is all about goal, 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 yeah. goal. And if if that's the the, the uh, you're theory, only wa- you're only watching it for a goal. Exactly. These are people who are like, remember Sting and Trudy Styler reckon they were doing tantric sex yeah. for like 18 hours without, you know, blowing his nut everywhere. <laughs> and you sort of think, well, why, why where's, where's the fun? Why? Exactly. Delayed gratification. You don't spend 18 hours with anybody. I know. I know, in any situation, in any it's situation. fucking tedious. Let alone bloody Trudy Styler. Jesus. So, um, where was I? Uh, yeah, 171 goals. There's been 146 so far in 2018. Fucking and we're hell. recording this just before the quarterfinals just begin. Before quarters, yeah. So it's going to be down again this year. But 171, that was just it was ridiculous in the, go- in the group stage. Um, I'll look at some stats. I mean, there was 136 goals launched in the group season. Average of 2.83 per match. Goals, goals, goals. Goals, goals, goals. That's what you want, isn't it? 15 group matches had four or more goals in them. Woo! 
It's just unbelievable because you're so used in the previous two tournaments, you were just watching... Attrition. You were just watching attrition. And now football has just... And we've seen the same, I mean, not to the same degree, but there's a similar pattern in this World Cup, is that teams are just going out to fucking try and score goals. This is it! Who were the star teams? Uh, Colombia, <clears throat> who we've just... While we're recording this, we're just off the back of watching England play Colombia in this year's World Cup. But Colombia unlike the um, ugly cheats that they have now become. Four years Having ago... Having said that, can I just say I'm very much enjoying that side of them. Oh. I love a bit of shithousery. Yeah, well, it was quite funny. I mean, they were very unashamed and they had every... I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves here because we'll be doing a podcast about the 2018 World Cup in a, in a week or two, but they... Yeah, I mean, it was absolute shithousery of the highest or the sort of thing, stuff. The sort of thing you haven't seen since the 1970s. Yeah, really good, really brutal. They had every single angle covered. It was like they'd really... You know, like the way we're said to have prepared for penalties and, like, yeah. you know, Southgate had every single tiny part of the penalty-taking process meticulously planned. They did the same with their shithousing. They knew each player, they knew what their weaknesses were. Exactly. Physical, mental, emotional, everything. Exactly. Remember when I talked about mm. how they got under the, how the um, Argentinians got under Beckham's skin yep. with talks of posh spice? Yeah. Like, they were given a dossier on every player, the things that have upset them. Thing, weird shit that happened in their childhood. <laughs> uh, this number two. Yeah, he wants shit out of tree when he a kid. No one know about it, but uh, where our people find out, you say that to him first off, you watch him cry like a baby. He got his head kicked in off the bigger kids too. Yeah. You see that, number five? He came, he fucked his own cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You keep, all you do is you go up, you go up behind him at corner, you purr in his ear. And when he look at you, you wink. He know. He lose his mind. He loses his mind. <laughs> they were doing ev- pulling everything out. They even got one of the coaches to elbow Raheem Sterling at half-time as he was going off. Yeah, It wasn't just on the pitch, it was off the pitch. As yeah, well. no, but that glorious. same coach, apparently, it, Raheem Sterling has now said, he goes, he was, he, it was like everyone was assigned a particular player. That coach was just focused on Raheem Sterling. Yeah. Every time Sterling came over to get a drink of water or you know, come near throwing or anything like that, he's shouting just at Raheem Sterling. Brilliant. About what? I don't know. I wouldn't dare to speculate no. for legal reasons. Um, so yeah, you meant yeah, Colombia in 2014. They were a glorious side, though, weren't they? With with James, James Rodriguez. Rodriguez, who was the player of the tournament. Yeah. Um, I don't know what else I've got to say about it. Really, I mean, James did score the goal of the tournament as well. I don't know if you remember I it. Do yeah. What chested happened? it down with his back to goal and then, said chested it down. And chested it in the air, turned and volleyed it in from 25 yards out yeah. against, against Uruguay. Yeah. Um, and this is the most mesmerising fact about Colombia in 2014. They won the Fair Play Trophy. Fucking hell. Colombia. How? So the thing is, it's like, you know, like when Germany, Germany got knocked out in an early round in something like the 94 World Cup. Yeah. And what they decided to do, the Germans, because it was such a blow to their national pride, they started again a full root and branch review of everything that had gone wrong. Yeah. And they started reviewing and rebuilding every element of uh, football in Germany from child from children's game upwards. And that is how they eventually built a team that went on to win in 2014. Yeah. The Colombians did the same 
after 2014. After 2014. Because they came out of it, yes, yeah, sure, they'd scored goal at tournament, they'd played a tournament, they'd won a, a lot of fans of their football, but they're gone. This Fair is play. not us. A national disgrace, this wasn't it? shame yeah. upon Colombia. Where was almost no, there was so little shit housing in this tournament <laughs> by our men that they give us the biggest insult. The, the fair play trophy. They spit in every one of our mother's faces. <laughs> this can never happen again. And so they reviewed the whole situation. And in yeah. four short years, yep. they have opened their equivalent of our St. George's Park yes. in Bogota, where every like promising youngster is sent to learn how to shit house. Gouging, and th- physical abuse, mental abuse. They call clubs. it a shit house hot house. <laughs> <laughs> and all everything from abuse to uh, grabbing people, twisting the testicles, pulling the hairs on the thighs. Yeah, pulling hairs on stuff. the thighs. All of that stuff. Uh, this this twenty eighteen side is just the beginning. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're not going to come to fruition until about twenty thirty, probably. No. My God, can you imagine what we'll see then? If they're they, going to be carrying weapons. If they don't come away with. Bastard of the tournament yeah. in 2018. There is going to be questions asked in the Colombian Parliament. Definitely, and the Colombian Parliament's just a bunch of guys with guns in a in a jungle. But we're going to talk about that more in the next mm. episode because because we've already yeah covered it far too much. Um, <clears throat> 2014 mascot was a Brazilian three-banded armadillo, apparently. Oh yeah, and he was called Fulico. Um, Fulico. The name was given after a three-month, <clears throat> excuse me, a three-month voting campaign and 1.7 million votes on the name Fulico, trademark. Why do they? Why do they do that? I don't know. Do you know what Fulico means? It's a, a fuck wit. It's a it's a fusion of the words football. I said that in Brazilian there and ecologia. They what? Ec- a- like ecological. Ecology. It's an ecological. I mean, ecologically sound football bullshit. mascot, isn't it? There is too many. Th- I mean, you can see if you look at Fulico, it's so complicated, and like that's because it's such a complicated and convoluted concept. What What is wrong with just putting a, an orange in a fucking sombrero? Do you know what it looks like if you look at it closely? It looks like, you know, in Hannibal, where Ray Liotta has his top of his head cut off, and you can see his brain. Yeah. It looks like he's had his scalp sliced at the sides and then peeled back, and he's got a brain made of football. Yeah, which is quite cool. It is. put it like that. I don't think that's what they intended, though. Uh, um, I don't... I mean, you know, what do I know about wildlife in Brazil? But to me, it wasn't obvious that the armadillo was a Brazilian creature. I had no idea. Do you know what I would have, what I would have chosen for a mascot what? for this? I, do you remember the fella that went on um, on Wogan with Sting that time? With the plate <laughs> in his lip. Oh, yeah. yeah was I'd, he from the Amazon rainforest? I'm guessing he was. I'd have had him probably, I'd have had him yeah. as the mascot. That would have been a lot better. Yeah. Or, so, um, like, I don't know, a sexy lady, perhaps, in a bikini on a beach doing kick-ups. You've really done a lot of thought about that, haven't you? A lady doing kick-ups in a bikini Just, yeah. is synonymous with Brazil. It's the main thing you think about when someone says Brazil, isn't it? It certainly is. Very good. So the, the FIFA said about Fulico, the green shorts represent the lush tropical landscape. The yellow body tones illustrated the sunny climate of beautiful beaches and the blue tints in the shell portrayed the sky and clear waters. Sadly, there was no room to put a plate in his lip. <laughs> if they... I mean... You know, it's so fucking complicated, so much thought. If someone had said to the equivalent in 1966 from the British, from the English FA... World Cup Woolly. Tell us about 
describe what World Cup Willy represents. They just mm. said, well, it's a fucking lion <laughs> called Willy. But what does it represent? Lions. And it's got the name of, of a euphemism for a penis. Yeah. But they probably didn't even think that back then because they were so no. stiff upper lipped and, and right thinking back in 1966. Well, I don't know, swinging 60s, they were becoming yeah, quite the FA though. The FA? The FA? No, maybe not. Sex didn't arrive in the FA until Sven Goran Eriksson came along. Sven turned up. So, um, full of court. I've seen worse mascots, but at the same time, he's no Mr. Sausage. He's no Mr. Sausage. He's mid-table at best. Yeah. Of the ones that we have looked at and examined and assessed over the last few weeks, I would say he's a, he's a mid-table kind of nothing. But, but they've been getting worse year on year, so I think this is an improvement. So well done, Brazil. Well done, FIFA. Yeah. This, this is it. it! The England song. Uh, for 2014, it was a re-recording of the take that hit Greatest Day. Are you familiar with that song? No. Don't worry about it. I'll play it in a few seconds. Mm. And it was re-recorded with Gary Barlow and with some uh, vocals by Gary Lineker, Michael Owen, oh my God. Eliza Doolittle, uh, Pixie Lot, and Mel C. Mm. So let's hear a, a, a very small clip from that. Today this could be the greatest day of our lives. That's a shit song made shitter. I remember the original now, and it's yeah. awful. Like yeah. pretty much ev- everything Gary Barlow has ever spewed out, mm-hmm. and they've managed to make that even shitter. Do you want to hear some of the other names that are involved? Obviously, the England World Cup squad weren't involved in it because they didn't do that sort of thing by 2014. Mm. But some former England stars appeared on it. You probably heard them if you listen closely. Sir Jeff Hurst, great singer. Dion Dublin, yeah. Martin Keown. Gary Mabbitt. <laughs> Gary, Gary Pallister. Carlton Palmer. Oh, Jesus. Kenny Sansom mm. and David Seaman were all involved in that in one way or another. Carlton Palmer. Carlton, I think the weirdest... I mean, Carlton Palmer... You kind of remember Carlton Palmer's England career because it was so strange, mm. you know. But then you sort of think, Dion Dublin... I forgot that Dion Dublin... I mean, he does Homes Under the Hammer does, now. I wonder if he played his doob, his instrument that he invented. Oh, yeah, he invented an instrument. I wonder if he, uh, you know, if he s- sings the theme tune to Homes Under the Hammer. I've never seen it. Through the doob. Mm. Is it a vocal instrument? I'm not sure. don't know. I mean, Kenny Sansom's had a rough time over the last few years. With his, cr- his chronic gambling addiction. And alcoholism. And, and, and alcoholism. Sleeping under a bush and stuff they like that. They did well to get him... I can't help thinking this could have triggered it all. Yeah, being involved in well, this. It's with a Gary very, de- it's a very depressing sort of song, isn't it? It is, but the the twist is, it was never actually released as a single. Good. They recorded it and debuted it on Sport Relief that year, uh, but by the time the World Cup came around, Barlow was balls deep in a tax controversy. Fucker. Uh, a court had ordered that he should pay back millions of pounds that he'd sheltered in a tax avoidance scheme. Mm. So. You know, the FA went, fucking now. we're not getting anywhere near this, we're not putting that out. Fucking so there right. was no official But let me ask single. you this, how has Barlow managed to rehabilitate himself? Like, who's doing Barlow's PR? Barlow, I don't know whether that was found to be illegal or not. It was, the court ruled that it was, and yeah. So did he pay it back? 
I assume he did, yeah. Well, the thing was, you know, it's, it's all vague in it with the old tax avoidance, like what stuff is avoidance and what stuff is evasion. Well, here blah, at Time blah, blah, Machine blah. Core, the, yeah. we're, we're, we're based in Gibraltar. So we yeah, we are. So we're not going to start pointing fingers. But what I would say is, is that he's... A rampant Tory, isn't he, Gary well, Barlow? I'm guessing he is, yeah. He is. Oh, yeah, he's endorsed them. Has he? Oh, he's openly endorsed them. And and meanwhile, he's been sheltering all his dough. Mm. And there was something that wasn't nice about that, but he's totally rehabilitated himself since. If you think, the FA were too scared to release his song because he was persona non grata. But some people have had, uh, you know, like if you look at Philip Green, yeah. everyone was like, take his knighthood away. Because he stitched up BHS, they didn't, did they? they didn't take his night away, but everyone wanted to. Gary Barley, don't hear a peep. He's still on Saturday Night Primetime on ITV. This is the culture now that we're living in. People just do stuff in the public eye and get away with it. Well, some people and, do, and, and some people don't. Well, you don't see people resigning from public office anymore when they fuck up, do you? No, but some people seem to be able to. Um, some people seem to be able to get away with it better than others, like. Let's look at Raheem Sterling. <clears throat> Had a machine gun tattooed on his leg. Brilliant. Hmm. I can I can't see anything bad about that. It looks awesome. Right. Yeah. Plus it's his fucking business what he gets tattooed on himself. It's his leg, isn't it? I Don't told you us. the story about the bloke I knew had to go to prison and he was quite soft and middle class, but he'd fallen in with the wrong gang. <laughs> so he decided that but and he knew he was gonna get sent down. His brief had told him. <laughs> so he'd, he'd basically cut long story short, he'd got really into doing coke and so much so that he owed the, the, Mr Big loads of money for unpaid for coke so they said fine you can work it off you can be our drug runner around town so one day he gets stopped and he's got like a load of coke in the boot and a handgun in the glove compartment <laughs> but he's just some normal bloke I mean he's not a gangster he's just fucking mad on well, drugs he's out of his depth they say, look, we know you're a prick. Just grass up who you're working for. And he's <laughs> and he's gone, I can't. And they, he's obviously not done that because they'll, like, kill his family. Yeah. So he's thought, fuck, I'm going to have to go to prison. This is a nightmare. I'll never survive. I'm really soft. <laughs> so the day before he goes in, he's still doing quite a lot of Charlie during the trial. And he's thought, right, uh, better uh, get prison ready. <laughs> so he's gone out the day before. And got his head shaved. Is there a kit you can get from Boots? Yeah, yeah, it's prison starter pack. It's not what I'm about to tell you, though. He got his head shaved, then he decided to get a tattoo to make him look like a tough guy. But the tattoo he got, and I have seen a picture of this tattoo, and I may yeah. be able to get it and tweet it out, right? He got a, across the whole of his back, a giant psychotic clown, right, who was laughing. And in one hand, yeah, in one in one hand, the clown was firing an Uzi bullets that were going over the geezer's shoulder and down onto his chest. Yeah. But get this: in the other hand, he was crushing in his clown fist a child's Thomas the Tank Engine train. <laughs> right. And that is what this bloke thought through in detail. Went and briefed a tattooist and spent hours having tattoos, fully in colour. Right on his back. Before going to prison. He went to prison, and then only when he got into prison, he thought, no one's ever going to fucking see this tattoo unless I'm in the showers, by which stage it may be too late. <laughs> so oh, that's probably, the you know, that was his business. If he wanted to get that tattoo on his back, that's his business. I've heard of another bloke who had a whole uh, aerial shot of a hunt, you know, like a, a hunt when you're hunting the fox. Yeah. And it was an aerial shot of all these hunters on horseback in their silly red coats and hats 
go running down his back towards his ass, and then the fox's tail was just coming out of his ass. <laughs> I heard of one of this 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 fella. He was in Thailand with his brother for about six months, and they were just the, the sole aim was just to get as fucked up as they could mm. for six months. Um, and it went along to get a tattoo, but he wanted to get one of the ones where it's you know translated into. Thai Sanskrit or whatever, oh, yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. got a, a meaningful message. Yeah, you've got to get it in Thai, haven't you? Yeah, so no what, point getting an English tattoo. So, They're so shit. He, he went and he wrote it out on the piece of paper in the shape that he wanted it. So it was like yeah. three words, two words in a T shape across the top, and then a, another word down the T shape. Yeah, and he gave it to the fella, and he thought the fella was then going to translate it and then put it on him in the T shape but in Sanskrit. So this fellow's now got on his leg, on his calf, I think it is, in a T-shape. Across the top, it says, suck my. (laughs) And then the downward bit says, bastard. (laughs) (laughs) Why didn't he realise? Because he wasn't looking when the geezer was doing it. Exactly. But it's not in in Sanskrit. It's 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 in English. It's actually, the fellow did it in the exact copy of the handwriting that he'd scrawled it on the bit of paper. And he had shit handwriting as well, probably. Pissed off his fucking face all the time, wasn't he? Pissed handwriting, suck my bastard. Suck my bastard down his leg. That's disastrous. Another Thailand one, just our last tattoo story. <laughs> no football podcast. My mate was, it, this is vaguely football related. He was out there fucking, he, he, he'd fallen on hard times. He'd split up with his missus. He was depressed. He's gone out there to get all fucked up and like for like, you know, a couple of months. Yeah. During the course of a couple of months, right, he has done the worst thing a man can do. He has fallen in love with a prostitute. <laughs> right. I can't say I was surprised when I heard about it. I mean, if someone said Andy's falling in love with the prostitute, I'd be like, what? Not Andy? No way. But the guy we're talking about, they've gone, I won't say his name. Let's say his name is Dave. We go, Dave's falling in love with the prostitute. And so I go, yeah. Yeah, well, I can see that. I, I saw that coming. Anyway, he's like, you know, he's in his late 40s, this guy. Right. And because he's there having a crisis, he's got a really, he's a Chelsea fan. He's got a really shit Chelsea tattoo on his shoulder. When he's first got there, and it was done appallingly badly, all like shaky, and the lion looks like a fucking that bear, that bear from the 2006 World <laughs> Cup, right? And then he's fallen in love with the prostitute to the extent that he thinks they're really in love and they're going to end up together. And to prove his love to her, he gets her name tattooed on his oh, arm, God. on the same arm just below below the Chelsea tattoo. Anyway, he eventually it all goes horribly wrong and he comes home and makes an attempt to get back with his wife. Hmm. And they spend a like, week or so together. And when he first, they're in the bedroom together, he takes his top off. She goes, oh my God, you got a tattoo. She goes, you got two tattoos. And she looks at the name, right? And she goes, who the hell is whatever it said, Wylin or whatever. And he went, oh yeah, um, basically in Thailand, tattooists have this tradition if they do a tattoo they're particularly proud of, they sign it. <laughs> he claimed it was the autograph of the tattooist. But the justification was it was such a good tattoo. But the irony was it was the worst Chelsea tattoo that had ever been committed to flesh. And did she believe the story? No, they're not Are together. they still together? No. Okay. This is it. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is it! Uh, back to the World Cup 2014. Um, England, an absolutely risible performance from England uh, under Roy Hodgson, his first World Cup yeah. in charge. What can you say about it? We were out after two matches. We lost 2-1 against Italy, 2-1 against Uruguay. And the Costa Rica goalless draw at the end was was pointless. But really. we will always have that moment in the early stages of the Italy game where we thought Raheem Sterling had scored, but then he hadn't. Yeah, that's right up there. Will we always have that? Platt's forever? goal against Belgium, Jeff Hurst's hat trick against Germany, Lineker scoring against all sorts of teams, Gaza's tears, Raheem's goal that wasn't a goal at all. Right. will be our cherished in our memories. I'm, I'm going to take your word for it because yeah. it didn't actually make it to the notes that I've got here. No, but, but that's, the, that's the only positive I can really remember from the entire tournament in England. So I do remember us starting quite brightly against this and thinking, oh, we might have a chance yeah. here. Um, but it's fine margins, um, Andy. But it was a Ming and Italy team as well because they also went out in the group. England they and Italy did, both went out. Costa we were, we were Rica bottom. went through and Cost- Uruguay. And Costa Rica topped the group with seven points. They beat Italy 1-0 and they beat Uruguay 3-1, but then only managed a 0-0 with England. That's they were through isn't by it? then. That's so, incredible. Yeah. The only thing I remember from the Italy game was um, Gary Lewin, the England physio, mm. dislocating his ankle during the celebration. Silly bastard. And having to be stretched off. <laughs> I don't know who, who tended to him. That maybe sort of sums it up. Maybe the Italian physio came across. And, is there a code of physios where they help each other out, do you think? I would physio imagine gets injured. so. The physio's union. Or did they get a physio out of the crowd? Is there a physio in the house? Our physio is injured. I'm a GP. No, no, we need a physio. It's got to be a physio. And this year, Southgate's done his fucking shouldering. Yeah, jogging. So it can happen. Allegedly. uh, What do you think he was doing? Wanking. Do you think Gareth Southgate had a wank after we'd beaten Panama 6-1? All I'm saying is this tournament's gone a lot better than anybody thought it would for England. And he could be... After, that, after six goals against Panama, you would have granted him a, a wank, wank so furious that yeah. he dislocated his own shoulder. Yeah. In the woods, by the way. Well, of course. I believe the woods <laughs> bit, but I just don't believe the jogging bit. No one's ever dislocated yeah. their shoulder but jogging. So England, 
Yeah, 2-1 against Italy, 2-1 against Uruguay, two goals from Suarez with one from Rooney sandwiched in between them. Um, and then Costa Rica again, a nil-nil draw. England were out on the plane home after just over a week. This, this is it! it. Luis Suarez. Brilliant. He bit Giorgio Chiellini on the shoulder Fantastic. during Italy versus Uruguay. Lovely. Do you remember it? He, he did the yeah. bite and then and then fell to the ground holding his <laughs> mouth <laughs> as, as if his teeth had been assaulted by Chiellini's oh, shoulder. He fucking shouldered oh, me in the my, teeth. My teeth! Oh. My beautiful teeth! <laughs> Hey, the Italian man, he put his shoulder in my teeth. They're all going to fall out now. <laughs> Mind you, you wouldn't put it past an Italian, would you? No. They're full of tricks, just like the Colombians. Bit of give and take in that one. Mm. So he hit the deck as if he'd been attacked. The referee didn't see it, but then afterwards, uh, the, the people in charge at FIFA had a look and give him a nine-match international ban. So that was him out of the tournament. If I was him, I'd just be like, fuck it. Good. I fucking bit him. What's, yeah. What else you gonna... Fucking bit him, yeah. and now I'm banned for nine ga- international games. And I'm Good, gonna, I'm glad. And I'm going to come back, and I'll probably bite some other fucker. Yeah, I'll do it again. Yeah, it's the third time I've done it anyway. <laughs> yeah. You can't stop me. He's fucking great, isn't he? Suarez? Love him. Can't Love him. stop biting people. Mind you, bite, a bite on the shoulder is quite sexy, isn't it? Cast your mind by Well, it is, yeah, exactly. You wouldn't mind being bitten on the shoulder by a beautiful woman, would you? With teeth like Suarez. Not yeah, you'd love it. If I got together with a, a woman that had teeth like Suarez, I'd be expecting a bite on the shoulder yeah, at the very least. Exactly. Let's go back to 2010, though. If we remember back mm. the last podcast. No one was complaining when Nelson Mandela got wheeled on with his face all strapped up because he was in his biting phase. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he was a biter. I forgot about Swings that. Swings and roundabouts, innit? Yeah. Oh, because it's Nelson Mandela. Yeah. Oh, Nelson Mandela can't do any fucking wrong, can he? If he wants to bite someone, then fine. If he wants to bite Pelle. Once let again, him. it's one rule for Nelson Mandela and another for Luis Suarez. Just as we have seen. Once again. Time and time again. Throughout history. Yeah. So, um, Spain, they were the defending champions, and they did that thing that a lot of defending champions seem to do these days, and that's go out in the group stage. And they were yeah. out after only two matches. Uh, they lost 5-1 against the Netherlands, even though they were 1-0 up at half-time and seemingly cruising. The Netherlands had a, had a, a rocket up their asses at half-time and they won it 5-1. Um, Mark Lawrenson actually said a quote in the first half of that match. He said, This game should be over. Spain are trying to walk the ball in. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Netherlands equalised on 44 minutes and it was that flying header by Robin van Persie. Do yeah. you remember that? Jesus, yeah, what a it was, goal. It was amazing. It was just, a, but to me, it was like a freak goal. People say it was a brilliant goal, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure brilliant's the word. I mean, you know, Vertonghen scored a goal for Belgium the other day against Japan. Yeah. That was not, I mean, it wasn't the same, but I put it in the same category in as much as it was just a fucking freak header. Yeah. I, was, I don't know if Van Persie thought, I'm going to fucking dive. I'm going to swoop like a dove. Yeah. Connect with my head and send, like, what was it, like a 30-yard header? Yeah, pretty much. I don't think he thought but, that was really going to happen. But but what if he'd missed it? Do you know what I mean? It, it could have just... It would have just looked like the biggest idiot yeah, exactly. on the planet. So it was it was a bit of a fluke, in my opinion. I don't hmm. think he'd ever practised that move. Who would? Hmm, fair enough. If you say so. So, uh, yeah, so the Netherlands won that one 5-1. Spain... Uh, toppled out of the tournament quite quickly um, do you remember the Tim Cahill volley against the Netherlands um, vaguely that was another classic goal for, for me um, 
r- rifled the fucker in from the edge of the penalty area. That was, at the, I think, that was the point when that goal went in. When I thought, Jesus Christ, this is something very different. This World Cup, mm. because there've been some magnificent goals and some high-scoring matches, and I just thought, this is this is just this is taking the next piss. level. This, this is, is not what piss. I expected after. 2006 and 2010's fairly dreary tournaments. What this was is... your as you enjoyed this amazing World Cup, which is very much a, um, I mean, you know, by this stage, Andy, you were approaching your forties mm-hmm. or maybe already in them, and you probably didn't ever expect to recapture any of the joy of your younger life. No, perhaps it was a midlife why, crisis. Why, why would you? And you know, suddenly. Football and you, you know, because it's true that football is never the same as it was when you were between the ages of about eight and what twenty. About that, yeah. Right, it'll never be the same. And yet, here you were approaching mm. your what do you call it? Your autumn years. You call it that if you want, yeah. Right, and suddenly football has thrown something up. You think this is amazing. This is as good as anything I've seen since childhood. I think so, yeah. Well, you know, God has thrown something, has thrown yeah. me a bone here and said that there could be something worth living for beyond yeah, 40. because I, I was starting to think it was all finished. Yeah. And uh, anyway, I don't know where I'm going with this, but it's a lovely story. I can't remember Thank it. I you. think I was half pissed. Yeah. And in the middle of moving out, it was a stressful time for me. But you... how? What was your watching experience? I mean, were you mainly at home in Sunderland? I was mainly at home. I was quite annoyed at one point because I was doing, for the Daily Mirror website, I was doing live blogging of Big mm. Brother at nine o'clock oh, every no. evening. So I had the yeah. fucking match on, on the iPad while I was trying to live blog Big Brother. Why the fuck did they have Big Brother on at the same time as the World Cup? That's stupid scheduling. It? Yeah, so that, that took the shine off it, but it kind of made me want to see more of it. Were you quite pissed <clears throat> during most of it? No, because I was live blogging Big Brother and but you that, can't do I, that kind of thing pissed. Well, hang on a minute. You can do it's it. A serious a, business. You can do it a bit pissed. Everyone's a bit pissed. I, you know, I, I, I used to when I was with the drink. The the uh, I used to subscribe to what Ernest Hemingway said, which was write drunk, edit sober. Yeah, you did that. Got, How did that go for you? Yeah, it went all right. I mean, I've never read back any of my books or articles, so. It's for others to judge. I just fucking send it and attach a PDF invoice, right? So it's does hard. the money come? Yeah, uh, most of the time it does turn up. This, this is it. Um, Fabio Capello was back in 2014. Did he? Do you remember Russia? who was? He managed Russia. Yeah. What an arse. And apparently he, he earned twice as much as any other manager at the tournament. What an <clears> absolute <throat> piss taker Fabio Capello is. Zero wins from three games. Yeah. And out of the tournament. And, you know, 2010, he was absolute dog shit England team. Mm-hmm. Had a good collection of players. He absolutely fucked it up because all he did was make them go to bed all day uh, yep. in between games and then just pick a team with apparently no tactics. My uh, my mate Mark Bircham, the ex-QPR midfielder, went yep. on a coaching, like he was doing his badges or something, and he, was, and, they, and he was at wherever they were doing it, St. George's. And Capello, not long afterwards, rocks up to do a Q&A <laughs> with the other coaches there. And someone said, do, do you think you got your tactics wrong against Germany? <laughs> and, Ooh, and apparently, Capello, and it was all famous managers in the crowd, like either ex-pros, right. current managers, current coaches. And they're all there doing a course. Did and Cap- one of the things that the FA line up is the England manager turns up and does a Q&A. Did Capello take that question well? He apparently 
like um, brushed his hands together, which is an Italian gesticulation to mean it doesn't matter. And ah, tactics. No one cares about tactics anymore. You just pick the players. The players are good players. They know what to do. And it, <laughs> I don't pay attention to tactics. This is a cunt. He's being. He was the best paid manager in the entire world. Yep. And he's saying, I mean, <clears throat> you or I could have fucking picked the same team as him. Yep. If he's saying that it's just literally picking a team, you might just as well get a speak and spell to manage the England side. You've kind of got to admire that cynicism, though, haven't you? That managerial yeah. cynicism of just raking in huge amounts yeah. of money and not lifting a finger at all. Yeah, he thinks, just... how many times can I get away with this before yeah. I'm found out? Because he's looked at Sven, who did the same thing. Yeah. Sven did it. Then he, he did it for England. He got away with it for years for England. Then he, he took us to a few tournaments. And then then he got it. Then he did it again for Mexico. Yep. Then he's managing Manchester City. Notts County. he's getting huge amounts of money. Oh, yeah, Notts County. Not so much money at Notts County. I did he think. manage Leicester for a bit as well? I'm going to say yes. Yeah. In the championship. I and think he just it was. gets payoffs. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, earns loads of money. But he's another one. He's it's like. Gravy train, isn't it? I mean, he. Is literally, I've read this book, I think I mentioned it last week. I mean, it's the laziest book I've ever read. You know, chapter six, the World Cup in Germany. We went to Germany. I had high hopes. Unfortunately, <laughs> we were knocked out by Portugal on penalties at the end. The right? end of the chapter. And we fucking know that. What about all the shagging in the lifts in Baden-Baden, <laughs> you bastard? Anyway, he, he was only interested in shagging. And I mean that. I know it sounds like a joke, but when you read the book, he just is the only bits he goes into any level of not detail. You don't get any sexual <clears> detail, <throat> but you know anything where he sort of seems to put any meaning into what he's writing is when he talks about birds that he met along the way and that relationship. <laughs> it was only he was getting paid to show. I mean, who are we to? I think he's slightly more sympathetic again, a character than Capello. Again, with as with Capello, I'm looking at that and thinking you've got to admire the cynicism. Yeah. Speaking of cynicism in football. Um, one of the other golden moments was when Benoit Asuakoto headbutted his teammate <laughs> uh, Benjamin Mokanju when Cameroon were four 0 down against Croatia. And Asuakoto is a man who famously said, "I do not like football. They hated football. I yeah. have no interest in football whatsoever." He thought it was shit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he was into like art and stuff. Yeah, yeah. This is it. And um, we'll move on to the knockout stage. I think um, this is when the goals dried up. Knockout stage 2014. Uh, only one match in the entire knockout stage produced more than three goals. Mm. There was a sort of fear of failure that kind of set in. Mm. Uh, defeat avoidance. Um, it stifled things a bit. And weirdly, all eight group winners progressed from the second round through to the quarterfinals. Wow. Interesting stat for you there. One for the pub quizzes, I think. Yeah. Say. So it, it went a little bit functional the longer it went on. And it was Germany, Argentina, Netherlands and Brazil that got to the semi-finals, which you kind of expect. There was no wild cards like in um, 2002 when South Korea got there. I think it was it Turkey as well that got to the semis. Yeah, nothing like that. <laughs> Netherlands None had, of that. Got, had got into the semi-finals in 2010 as well. So they were on a bit of a roll. They got to the final in 2010 then a semi-final. Yep, they did. I think the best match in the knockout stages was probably Belgium 2, USA 1, when huh? Tim Howard made 16 saves. Jesus. So Belgium theoretically could have won that 18-1. Yeah. But they didn't. They'd have been disappointed with themselves about that. It would have been a bit, yeah. Um, Another notable thing was in the quarterfinal, the Netherlands again, um, against Costa Rica. It went to penalty shootout. And Tim Krull got sent on as a sub for the penalties. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Louis van Gaal was in charge of the Netherlands. And he he took his keeper off, who had no idea this was going to happen. Yeah. He hadn't kind of said before... I've forgotten which keeper it was. He hadn't said, look, mate, you know, if it goes to penalties, I'm putting Tim on. 
he fucking hauled him off in front of the world. Fucking rude. I mean, very it's humiliating, rude. Very isn't it? rude. But um, Krull went on. He dived the right way for all five penalties, saved two of them, and the Netherlands went through. Louis van Gaal, a Vindic- notorious vindicated. cunt, yeah. laughed up his sleeve, didn't he? Vindicated. He knew vindicated. he was going to United as well. Though I think they already yeah. had announced it before the World Cup. So he thought he'd do a bit of piss-taking while he was out of the yeah. World Cup. Yeah. Mess about with some goalkeepers' heads. Yeah. What and on to the semi-finals, <sighs> Brazil won. Yeah. Germany 7. What a match that was. Fuck me. That's got to be one of the most memorable World Cup games. That is one thing I do remember. My favourite tournament of all time came alight again. Yeah. Brazil won Germany 7. No Fuck. one saw it, did they? No. 5-0 at half-time. 7-0 after 69 minutes. And Brazil only got their goal in 90 minutes when Oscar got a consolation goal for them. But Brazil went to shit because Neymar, who'd been their talisman Had an so epileptic far, fit. I don't know. No, I don't think no. he was injured. Mm-hmm. He was injured, so Brazil lost their mojo. But what they did was the players came out onto the pitch before the start of the match carrying Neymar's shirt, oh, and they posed for a team photograph on the pitch with Neymar's shirt being held front and centre. Well, this is not dissimilar to the situation with Tim Krul and whoever the other keeper was, because if you're the if you're the striker who's been brought in to replace Neymar yeah. for that game, you know. If if they're if the whole country and your own teammates are being so gutted that Neymar's not playing, what does that say about you? Well, exactly, exactly. I wouldn't have, if I was the bloke replacing him. I would have felt a right dickhead to be holding that shirt. Yeah, because what you should be is forget fucking Neymar. We He's can do dead this. To us. We can do it. But they got what they deserved. They got spanked seven-one, and it was pretty hilarious, really. Well, was it? I don't know. I kind of wanted Brazil to win the was. World Cup. Well. I just think after they'd done that and come out with Neymar's shirt, yeah, you just kind of thought, oh, they were asking for it. You know, fucking hell. I heard there's that, no backbone in this team. You know, at all, some is there? people said that that Joachim Lowe, if he can fucking stop smelling his fingers for five fucking minutes, <laughs> right, should have said to them um, at some point, probably half time, fellas, ease off. This is Brazil. They're in their own backyard. You're in the World Cup final. Show some respect. Show some it's fucking five respect. Nil. We're in the final. Yeah, exactly. And and people, some some commentators and pundits said it was a bit out of order to make it seven. I don't think they could help it. I no, think Brazil was so inept bad, on the yeah. day. Germany just couldn't stop scoring, even if they tried. And uh, in the other semi, Argentina uh, beat the Netherlands on penalties after a drab goal free 120 minutes. Uh, Brazil obviously played um, the Netherlands in the third place playoff and lost again heavily 3-0 mm. so they conceded 10 goals in the last two matches but somehow three of their defenders made it into FIFA's team of the tournament fuck it now but these are the same people that give Colombia the fair play awards so yeah that's know, what, true what they have a fucking clue but it was probably Pele in charge you know Pele's always saying all sorts of mad shit yeah. like when he thought Nicky Butt was the best player in the world true in 2002 true it sounds to me like Pele had a big influence on these decisions this year it sounds like it as well yeah definitely and then on to the final uh, Germany won 1-0 against Argentina Gertz has scored in extra time it was a shit final very shit very but shit the third time the third time isn't it that um, England Sorry, that in the, it, since we've been doing this podcast, it's the third World Cup final that have featured these two teams. Yes. 86, yep. 1990, yep. and, 2014. and 2014. We're not going to see it this year, are we? We're not. Because um, Germany and Argentina are the two sort of unlikable teams, aren't they, of, of the big 
sides. Yeah. Most people in Europe, Germany is like the common enemy. And in Argentina, in South America, Argentina are like their equivalent, aren't they? Yeah, the shit on the shoe of the continent. And all, and all three of those finals... Oh, no, actually, the one in 86 was good, wasn't it? That was because a, Argentina yeah. were 2-0 up, Germany came back to 2-all, and then Argentina won it 3-2. That's, That's true. The 1990 was dog shit, though. Dog shit, and then the, the, this one was shit as well, it wasn't was. it? So that's that's the World Cup 2014. The Golden Shoe uh, was awarded to James Rodriguez with his six goals. Thomas Muller was second with five goals. Neuer completed 244 passes during the tournament. Lionel Messi completed 242. So Neuer completed more passes than Lionel Messi. That's the two sides that contested the final. Yeah. So it's not as if one of them went home earlier. No. Neuer... They played the same number passes. of games. Neuer is a better outfield player than Lionel Messi. That's yeah, and I think FIFA probably give him an award for that. Is as well. Lionel Messi a better goalkeeper than Manuel Neuer? Well, we don't know because we haven't we'll ever seen him do a shift in goal. Other players that Neuer completed more passes than were Wesley Schneider, two hundred and forty-two; Thomas Muller, two hundred and twenty-one; Ian Robin, two hundred and one; and Paul Pogba, one hundred and ninety-seven. This is the new thing, isn't it? Sweeper keeper. Now, now it's fashion. That's why we've got Jordan Pickford now. We have Neuer, a playmaker almost, if you like. Yeah, a so deep lying playmaker. So there we go. Have you got anything else to add about 2014, Sam? Golden bastard. Ah. Easy decision. It's got to be Suarez. Yeah, for the As bite. much as we respect yeah. him for biting, yeah. you know, the audacity of it. It's a stone cold. He's, you know, he's the only contender yeah. for Golden It could have been Fabio Capello. Yeah, or but, Louis van Gaal for his antics yeah. with the goalkeepers. Yeah. But for me... It's got to be Suarez because an actual it, bite. He actually, he that. actually bit a bastard. So fair enough. He did. Uh, that's about it. Then we'll be back in, in well, maybe a week or so once the tournament's finished, and we'll cover 2018 as well. Hey Andy, imagine if England win the World Cup. Ooh. Imagine what our podcast is going to be like then. Mayhem, absolute mayhem. Yeah, well, imagine yeah. what the country will be like. I know. I'm, I'm sort of. What do you think of these people who are on Twitter, kind of going? I think the last thing England need right now is to win this World Cup. Have you seen that? <laughs> yeah. Because it'll just add to like the sense of jingoistic sort yeah. of... Uh, what do you think of them? Fuck that. Fucking hell. It's I unbelievable, mean, isn't I'm it? I'm saying that as someone that, that isn't that arsed about England or hasn't been in the past. Yeah. But if England win the World Cup, it is going to be... I'm going to go fucking mad. Do you know yeah. what I'm going to do? And you can come. Ooh. I'm going to go down to the park near my old school, mm-hmm. which I was near last night, actually, because my daughter starts the same school. In September, she's going to the same school I went to. Right. And you changed her name. Yeah, we've had to yeah hide her and, and pixelate her face as well. <laughs> and uh, so I'm going to go down that. Yeah. And I will pledge now to all of our listeners okay. and you that if England win the World Cup, I'm going down to Powell Park. I'm going to climb up a tree over the stream, pull my pants down, and do a shit into it. And you want me to come along to this? Yeah. Why don't you want to? I'm not going to do it. I'm not saying you. I'm not saying you got to do it. I'm going to do, do it, and I'm inviting people down. Right. I'm inviting you. I'm inviting my mum, my dad, yeah, my family and friends, my kids, yeah, and any of the listeners. In fact, we could monetize this. We could. We could flock tickets. It. Yeah, and you can all come down, and we'll be playing. We'll invite the Lightning Seeds <laughs> cast, New Order. Everyone will be there. John Barnes, the lot of them. Kenny Sansom. Kenny Sansom. Kenny Sansom often is to be found in, in that Pox, stream, yeah. in that particular stream. Anyway, so don't no worries about that. Kenny Sansom, fucking uh, PK. Jalapeno. 
Naranjito, all of them will all be the there. Lads, and the we lads. will have a right old World Cup time machine party, yeah. live event tree in the park. Party. With, and I might even try and get the original tree shitter down there. Please do that. And then we'll get him to do it as well. And I think that we should try, mm. if we win the World Cup, I'm now seeing it as a bigger thing, shit fest. <laughs> like, because I'm thinking this is a top flight time machine event. Mm. And actually, m- maybe me or Matthew Judkins shitting out the tree is just the headline event. There will be other events. What do you mean, or Matthew Judkins? You've just said you're going to do it. You can't get Judkins to All do right, it. All right, yeah, okay. Well, both of us will do it. Yeah. But... We'll get some of our favourite bands down. We'll get um, Chaz and Dave to do a set. And, uh, yeah, a lot of the things that have been discussed over... I I can definitely get my mate who's got the Chelsea tattoo with the prostitute's name underneath to come out and show that. Yeah, we'll probably get the Germany Lion. I can easily get a Lion costume and tart that up. We'll get a load of -of out-of-work actors to dress up as various mascots. Okay. And... um, Shit fest is happening then if England win the World Cup. Yeah, there's going to be World Cup time machine, shit fest, £5 a ticket, down the park. <laughs> Only fucking, £5? Fucking get you, but mate, think about fucking it. Hell. I'm not going to ask the council for permission to hold this event. We're just going to turn up. Because nowadays you just call it a pop-up. Right. We'll call it a pop-up live event and we'll okay. spread the word. People come down. You'll, I'll get my brother to collect the fivers on the gates, but then we won't. there'll be no overhead because I'm not going to pay the park authorities. You're going to pay a new order? Well, yeah, no, they'll get... Yeah, yeah, I didn't think of that. But they'll want to be involved. I mean, we'll be the whole fucking country will be in a state of collected euphoria. Reverie. If yeah. you call up Hookie or yeah. Sumner yeah. and go, it's Andy Dawson here from World Cup Time Machine, you'll have heard it. Um, we're organising a special events to celebrate World Cup victory and my colleague, Sam Delaney, will be shitting out of a tree. <laughs> Into a stream, and also that tatty lion from the 2006 World Cup will be hanging about yeah. too. And they'll go, Right, what other things have you got? Well, Sam reckons he's got a mate who's got a Chelsea tattoo with a prostitute's name under it. Yeah, he's going to be there. Will you come with John Barnes and do World in Motion? What are they going to find? There's fucking only going to be one answer, isn't exactly. there? Exactly. Yeah. When, do we, when yeah. do we start? Yeah, how do we get there? Yeah, okay then. Well, that's it. We're going to end with ITV's theme music from World Cup 2014. Which Which is also good. It's the only year that we've covered where both theme tunes, I think, on both channels were both very good. It was a very narrow decision, this. Stevie Wonder just just got it because he was Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder. So, uh, yeah. So, that's 2014. We'll be back with 2018. this thing about how he's not blind and he drives around his estate. You must know about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that true? Or do you think he's just become so good at driving blind that that he is blind, but he can just do it? Well, I haven't seen his estate. I don't know what obstacles he's got. Yeah, okay. I mean, if he's got like big rubber walls everywhere, he could easily drive around <laughs> yeah. in a specially modified Stevie car. Stevie Wonder he? has assembled his own equivalent to Neverland, yeah. but made entirely of rubber. It's just a massive w- wasteland of dust. It's like do you soft remember, play. Do you remember that guy that won the um, the lottery? What was he called? Matthew something? It was the Lotto Lout. The Lotto Lout. He's always wearing Burberry. Yeah. And yeah. He, he bought a massive house and he just turned the, the garden into a racing track. Yeah, banger racing he sort of thing. Yeah. Bangers round and round. That's what Stevie Wonder's compound is like, but with rubber walls. <laughs> is it like Osama Bin Laden's compound? Very much so, but with, but with just rubber cars and rubber walls. Yeah.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.